Doing it live. intro to see if the levels were working, but we're just going to keep it going. Uh, Thank you for joining working. us Looking here at, those levels. at 4456 <laughs> or some high levels. Maybe we should restart. No, 4456 Main Street, uh, Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. I'm the aforementioned Johnny Destructo. Who are you? Yo, what's up? How at your boy? This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. Welcome back. It's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been a minute, man. Yeah. How was your holiday? Awesome. I did. Fuck all. <laughs> really? Nothing. Uh, I we I went to a, a, a what do you call it? A pajama party for New Year's, mm. and we just played board games. Nice. And then we went to brunch, and that was it. Um, for Christmas, I went to my mom's, and we got up in the morning, drank coffee with Bailey's all day, and watched a bunch of Christmas movies, and that was it. Nice. It was perfection. That sounds sweet, man. Yeah. I've had a very laid-back Christmas and New Year's, but I was surprised on Christmas with the hard-bound, complete collection of Calvin and the Hobbes. Yo! Yeah. Yo! That's so good. I actually ordered that from my store. Really? Uh, I wasn't sure. It's like, what, like three hard yes. covers and one big bound thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I ordered that for the shop. I don't know if it'll sell, but if it doesn't sell and my store goes under, at least I've got that hardcore collection yes, of man. Calvin and Hobbes. Because Bill Watterson is a master. He is. He's so good. He is. I'm not going to say I didn't read like the the old. I, I never read Pogo, and I never read like you know the Cats and Jammer Kids and Crazy Cat and all the comic strips of old and and Popeye in his heyday. But in my lifetime, Calvin and Hobbes. Maybe the greatest comic thing I've ever read. Yeah, no, I I agree one hundred percent. When I was a kid, there were a bunch of I, I liked Garfield for a while, mm-hmm. and then even like young me was like, oh okay, there's the one beat here. Okay, <laughs> a couple of beats. Uh, John sucks, and then he doesn't like lasagna, and then Mondays. All right, I get it, right. uh, and I I agree with all those things. Lasagna's great, and I hate Mondays, but um. Yeah, and then I remember Heathcliff came along, and I was like, wait a minute. Isn't that Garfield? Pretty much. Who's Heathcliff? How does... This is ripping off Garfield. Although, I bet if I went back, it's probably Garfield ripped off Heathcliff. I'm not entirely sure of the chronology there. Me neither. But, um, yeah, there was, like, Family Circus in the newspaper. Yeah. They didn't care about it. There was some, there was some good ones. Like, I remember, like, you know, you grow up... You grew up liking Peanuts... Primarily because you saw him on TV as well. Mm-hmm. But then I, I, I like Foxtrot. I thought Foxtrot was pretty cool. Uh-huh. Um, I wasn't a Doonesbury guy. I, I, I lived on Bloom County. I love Bloom County. And then I, I read... There's one I'm trying to bring to my mind that was really, really... Well, while you're thinking about that, 
Steve, hi, welcome to the shop. Uh, tell us, do you have a favorite newspaper strip growing up? The Far Side. The Far Side? The Far Side. Far Side, yeah, that was that big, was, Yeah, that was the number one. All and right. I always remember the one um, with the bee, with the dynamite around the beehive, and all the bees on the beehive, like, stand back, he's going to do it. And he's going to blow up, and the beehive's going to fall down to the ground. Nice. Like, uh, yeah, I, I was I wasn't huge on those. Every so often, they would, I would have one. Someone would bring in a calendar uh-huh. uh, to like grade school or whatever, and we'd laugh at the calendar or whatever. Yeah, like um, the Far Side blew up on peanuts level, man. Mm-hmm. Like they were yeah. those cows were everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite is always going to be Calvin and Hobbes. Oh yeah, so man. good. It's just so smart and funny and creative. Ugh. I could laugh out loud at. Calvin and how and, and it was so beautiful, man. Oh, the watercolors when he would do like the, the Sundays, yeah. Oh my god, hand watercolored. That was back in the day where it was all just done pen and ink and watercolor. Yeah, it was just gorgeous. It was beautiful. It's something to behold, man. Oh, no matter, he's he's one of those guys that like no matter how good I get, I'll never be Bill Watterson. So many people will never be Bill Watterson, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, and and to think that he. Was so pure with it. He never sold. He never merchandised it at all mm-hmm. outside of the books. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did like what a, a good hard eight nine years, and then done. Yeah. And so part of me, for the most part, I respect that. Ninety nine percent of me is like, yeah, good, good for you. You don't take any money. You're just gonna because. And I like his reasoning behind it, which was if we because so many people offered him money to make a Hobbs doll. Yes. And he goes, right, but part of the strip is the magic of, is Hobbs real? Isn't he real? Is he imaginative? Uh, or is he an imagination? Or whatever. Um, and then as soon as you make a doll of Hobbs, then he is definitively a doll. Exactly. And that takes the magic out of the strip. Exactly. It's brilliant. Uh, but then there's 1% of me that's like, I really want some Calvin and, Calvin and Hobbs shit. But not the... Calvin pissing on something. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That sucks. Stuff. I fucking hate those stickers. But uh, anyway, that's a nice. You, so you got that for Christmas? Yes, I did. Ah, oh, yeah. That's beautiful. I worked at Barnes and Noble for a couple of years, and we had one of the hardcovers out for people to look at. Mm-hmm. You know, for to flip through. And so when they were done with it, I got to take the one home. So I've got one hardcover of three hardcovers set. And it's still on my shelf, man. Every so often, I'll just take it out and flip through it. And just flip through it, man. Ah, it's beautiful. Oh, See, now, I haven't cracked mine open yet. So are the uh, Sunday strips in color in the book? I imagine they have to be. Yeah. Okay. I haven't, I, I, I just, I'm just looking at it. I'm just staring mm-hmm. at it right now. I'm so looking. it's still in cellophane? Yes. Oh, you haven't taken it out. Yes. Yes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like... I'm not going to look at it. Actually, I may look at it when my daughter comes home because I turned my daughter on to uh, Calvin and Hobbes, and she's coming back to Philly in May. So I may crack it open then and let us let us both take it in at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Oh, if you guys love Calvin and Hobbes, send us. I want you to send me some of your favorite strips. Send me your one, your number one favorite comic strip number of one. anything. Okay, so it could be Calvin and Hobbes, or it could be just your favorite newspaper strip of all time. Yes, let us know. Hit us yeah. up. Let's, uh, you know, uh, hit us up on uh, on Instagram. You know, okay. Here's something I want you people that listen to this show to know because you're listening to this show and you're listening to it on Cult Pop, yeah, or you're listening to it on Black, Black Tribbles. But there's been a little bit of an ongoing conversation between JD and myself 
because he is the the curator of cult pop, and I am the the head muckety muck on Black Tribbles. Yeah, we've had a conversation and a discussion about whether or not Gutter Talk is worthy to be a podcast of its own. Okay, with its own feed, developing its own fan base, and thus having its own identity and place out there in the podcast sphere. <laughs> So I'm asking all of you to hit us up, email us at blacktribbles at gmail.com. Or, or cultpopgo at gmail.com. Or hit us up however you do on Twitter or Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. And let us know whether or not you feel that Gutter Talk is worthy of its own space in the podcast world. You would support Gutter Talk as an individual, yeah. uh, individual show. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because right now, you know, the reason uh, the Cannibal Horror Cast, which is another podcast I do, it's part of the cult pop feed, but then I also gave it its own separate one because there's a clear distinction between a lot of this stuff is mostly comic book discussion, Mm -hmm. but then horror movies. Yeah. So one of these things is not like the other. So I thought horror movie fans might just want a feed with just the horror movie show on it. And that's why I do the the Michelle mission is I wanted the the Michelle mission to have an identity that was... As separate from the Black Tribbles as it could be. And and plus it is about black films. Mm -hmm. So that's why I gave it its own feed feed and and website. But I do put it on the Black Tribbles Podcast Network as well. I think that Gutter Talk, while definitely fitting in the world of the Tribbles and what cult pop is all about, I just feel that this is a show that is deserving of its own place out there. Okay. Hit us now. Hit us up. We had a conversation, uh, I think, on our last show or, or a couple yes. weeks ago, where we Before talked the ab- break. where we talked about bleedingcool.com, and we gave Bleeding Cool a couple of cents, or two cents. Yeah, um, we threw a nickel at him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we were talking about uh, what was it, um, Megan Hetrick, mm-hmm. and the fact that no one at Bleeding Cool even bothered to send her a, a message, being like, "Why are you not on Faith anymore?" Right. Uh, I guess it's because of Hillary Clinton on the cover of Faith, which turned out was complete bunk. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were even sort of uh, celebrating the fact that, oh, we're just making up news. Don't it's That's what we're here for. Um, so uh, Rich Johnston, the head muckety-muck over at Bleeding Cool, wrote us in. Oh, suck it now. All right. I'm going to read it. Here we go. I never said I was hearing from retailers. There was no online quote to link to. There rarely is. In this case, any indication of where this story came from would have compromised sources. I never make this kind of shit up. I've been doing this for 20 years. That's the only rep I have. But forever, I've been writing for myself. Frankly, I don't see why that should change. If what you do becomes popular, why would you change to something you don't do and lose the audience in the process? But still think Bleeding Cool is a message board? It's never been a message board. The point is not to admonish retailers or bring attention to a book. The point is to point out the retailers 
the realities of what's going on. To add another data point, as for the sexism in the industry, we did name names where we could, including the first to name Berganza back when no one cared. Anyway, take care, folks. Uh, may I recommend subscribing to Lying in the Gutters once a week, links the 20 most popular stories of the week, and some you may have missed along the way. So thank you, Rich Johnston from Bleeding Cool, writing us all the way from London. Yes, thank you very um, much. We love international correspondence. Uh, so a lot of what he's talking about here is, um, uh, first of all, Bleeding Cool is a message board. We weren't talking that Bleeding Cool was actually a message board. Uh, I think Len was talking more about how it relates to actual news on the internet, which yeah. is just bleeding cool, or I'm sorry, not bleeding cool, message board mentality. Yeah. Right? Where you can just write whatever and no big deal. Right. Right? Um, so, yeah, we weren't saying it was literally a message board. As for the retailers, the story we were talking about is they had reported that certain retailers were not ordering um, – Motor Crush, mm-hmm. because it's got a female black protagonist. Right. Um, but then there was no backing that up. It was just kind of hearsay, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just putting it out there. So, um, yeah. So, uh, do you have any, any response, Lynn? I don't really have any any response. I, I, I First of all, I thank him for the letter, and I also thank him for the letter put in the way that it is, because it's just... You know, explaining his point of view. Yeah. He's not... I was, yo, I, I opened this and I was like, oh shit. Right, right, right. <laughs> I right. was expecting a fist to punch me through my phone. Yeah. Oi! <laughs> don't, 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 don't do his, his accent. No. Um, I Oi. <laughs> I'm horrible. I'm horrible. Um, but so, I don't really have any, any response because, you know, he, he's sharing his point of view, setting us straight on some, some things, you know, giving mm-hmm. us... Uh, and kind of like just... I think he's respectful of the conversation, mm-hmm. showing his point of view, and that's that. I know when I used to go to Bleeding Cool way back in the way back machine, uh, there was a thing where I knew I was going to a rumor site. Like, I would click on a link and I'd go, oh, okay, this is a rumor about what might be coming story-wise down the pike or what's happening behind the scenes. And I knew to take it with a grain of salt. But forgive me if I'm wrong. Is there something on the site now that lets readers know this is a rumor site? And we're not news. No. As far as I know, there's not. And I don't really go to the site. I don't read his book. Uh, he's got a magazine that comes out every once in a while. Or oh, is that still coming out? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, it was. I saw it. I remember seeing it in the past. I like the logo. I always like the logo. But yeah, there's nothing in here that, re- it's, that says that this isn't news. Yeah, and I, and I think what it is is, like you say, he, he takes like... Press releases, things that are that are happening out there, kind of reports them, rewrites some stuff, puts his own spin, his own twang on it, and that's mm-hmm. great because the the site is first and foremost to me sold on his personality anyway, so that mm-hmm. that act- absolutely makes sense. It's just not the type of comic book reporting for lack of a better word uh, comic book industry reporting discussion yeah that yeah. that i uh look for or yeah. that entertains me yeah fair enough i think that's fair right yeah right. um thank you so much rich johnson that was pretty amazing uh thank you so much um and uh oh, we'll, let's see if we hear from you again what but what what i will say is that uh regardless of what i may think about his website uh, i don't have 
any opinion one way or the other of him because I don't know him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the one thing I will do is celebrate him on, yes, he has been 20 years in the business. And to be 20 years in the in this game, making a mark, making a name, and, and making yourself still a vital part of that industry from that aspect, from mm-hmm. the aspect of quote unquote news and reporting, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the, in the day and age now where there are so many other mm-hmm. avenues and websites out there kind of like doing kind of the same thing, mm-hmm. but for him to still be a vital voice voice out there, that says a lot for the brother. Pretty so, badass, right? Yes. Yeah, so. I think, I think if I had to track it back, uh, we are living now in an age where I think someone coined the term post-truth. Yeah. Um, and there's been a lot of false news going around. And this is on broader terms of like the election and mm. politics and things that quote-unquote matter in the world. Mm. And so when I come across things like, well, yeah, uh, Megan Hetrick, we could have just sent her an email and done one step to write this uh, article. We're not going to do that step. We're just going to make it up. Uh, why? Why? Why even do that? Why is that even something to make a part of the site? You know what I mean? Like, oh, she's, there's a new artist on this book. We're not even going to bother telling you why. We're just going to speculate. It's like, but you could have just... One message to her would have been like, oh, okay, she hurt herself. That's why she... But he does say that they, at least to hear his, his email, they don't make things up. So no, no, no. That. He's talking about they didn't make things up in re- regards to – I don't think he's commenting about Megan Hetrick here at all. I think it seems like he's talking about the fact that um, – about the retailers and Motor Crush. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but I, I think the thing that bothered me the most was the, the Megan, Megan Hetrick thing where, like, she was like, if you just meant send me one message, we could have cleared this whole thing up and you wouldn't have to report falsities. You right. know what I mean? So – and I think I was a little bit more sensitive because of the election and because of – the glut of false news out there that people are just making up that when I see stuff like this, I'm just like, really? One step was all it took. You couldn't just do that one step. I got you. So anyway, that may have been why I came across a bit harsh uh, a couple weeks ago. Tad bit. Ronnie Strike wrote in. Ronnie Strike. Yeah. Tulsa Man. movie guy. Was it, what is he? Tulsa, Tulsa movie guy. Ronnie Strike. Tulsa movie guy. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, Gutter Talk, JD, Len, various Tribbles. I hope all of you have a great holiday spent with friends and family. Thank Thanks you. for adding to my week, and all of you make my day by listening to the shows. Oh, well, thank you. That's very nice. Going back just a bit, thanks for the kind words for a favorite of mine, Steve Dillon. It was much appreciated and certainly deserved. All you right. know what? It was crazy. I was reading, just uh, sorry to cut you off. Yeah. We did a, um, a in memoriam. On Black Tribbles this uh, this past week, uh, the weekend between uh, this past Thursday, and uh, going over over all of the you know the celebrity deaths, and I reference was using one website uh, uh, to you know like track them yeah. from the beginning of the year, and it had Steve Dillon on there, and this was like you know a website that had like uh, it had David Bowie. 
It had Prince. It had Muhammad Ali. It had all the all those names. But it also Muhammad had, Ali died. Yes. Oh God damn it! I had no idea. You are you you seriously? Are I you, do. No, are I don't you, know. Are you serious? I had no idea. He died like in June. No idea. Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Didn't make my news from my Facebook feed. It didn't. Make- <laughs> Says something about your feed. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. Um, but but alongside those names, he also had the name of um, of people that died in the, in the world of dance, in the world of science. He had hmm. John Glenn. So this website listed them all, and it had all Steve, encompassing, sure. right? All encompassing, along with Steve Dillon, which was not out of out of the norm, hmm. but. It struck us because Steve Dillon died in like a, I think like a September or October. Mm-hmm. When we got there, me and Randy like audibly on the show were like, "Wow, they listed Steve Dillon, which is cool, but they didn't list Darwin Cook." Oh, and I would have and like which because they didn't list him, we forgot and then definitely ah. brought him up. But it struck me that that I would have thought that Darwin Cook's career in the comic book business was a little more acclaimed than Steve Dillon's. But I I would think that as well, but Steve Dillon was co-creator of the of Preacher, Preacher, which is now a on AMC show. I thought about that too, probably yeah. being the way reason why it was out because that was the when they showed, you know, Steve Dillon, it was Preacher that was first referenced. Yes, so yeah. that's probably Yeah. Yeah. Um Darwin Darwin and Steve are the two that hit me the hardest this year. Mm. Uh those were guys that I really admired and, and really like read interviews with them and, and really enjoyed their voices. Yeah. Um so um as upset as I can be about deaths of people I don't know. Or didn't know died. Or didn't know died. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh. So, um, yeah, those those were rough. Um, and thank you to the listener who sent me a Darwin Cook hardcover in the mail. Nice. Just It was a little Christmas, New Year's present. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was much appreciated. It's, it arrived at my store. Uh, I'm not going to say who sent it because uh, I, I didn't know for a while. Um, but finally, they, they copped to it. And uh, I certainly, they know who they are. And I thanked them very much. Uh, made my day. It was really awesome. Uh, the fact that someone sent me a present for doing a podcast. It's always weird when you get stuff like that. Yeah, it's man. real cool, man. It real cool. Really t- Some guy sent us, like... Um, I got people in my life who don't give me shit. I know. I know and then, yeah. Somebody <laughs> sent us... Uh, it was a G.I. Joe. What's was the... One of the black G.I. Joes. I can't remember which one it was. Fridge. It was a fridge. Ah, um, dude. But uh, it, 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 was, it was him. And then... He was carrying. He, he the guy made it. He he's carrying like about twenty black little tribbles. Oh my god! And sent that to us. That's amazing. It was it was like so dope. That's really cool. Uh, all right, so we go on with the email. Okay, JD. One of these days, I'm going to hear an NPR piece about you. This just in. Local comic book store owner and famous podcaster found dead, apparently having drowned in a pool of his own tears. <laughs> <laughs> JD, you giant-hearted, lovable guy, you. My wife loves your big heart, and so do I, and I know you will help as many people as you can, when you can, however you can, but don't forget to take care of yourself as well. Save the world after you have taken care of you, my brother. Thanks for picking up the slack for me, because I'm kind of broke inside and pissed off at the universe these days. <laughs> Len! 
You are always a great addition to the podcast. Your insight in comic book Jedi wisdom is greatly appreciated, sir. Tribble on. I am with you on the trailers. I learned to see a trailer in the. Th- I love to see a trailer in the theater. That first one, that first taste, you know. And then because of the state of advertising and the whole web thing and the studio putting out four or more versions, each longer and revealing than before is way too much for me. So now, one and done. Although I couldn't wait until Rogue One to see the Guardians Volume 2 trailer, even though I knew it would be 100 times more awesome on the IMAX screen. Mm. Speaking of IMAX, Rogue One! (laughs) Two words for you. I can't say them because I don't want to spoil it for you. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on the new flick. Great shows, great subjects, and guests, and damn, I love the bumps you guys use. Happy holidays to all of you and yours. Thanks, guys and gals. Ronnie Strike, Tulsa Movie Guy. Ronnie Strike, Tulsa Movie Guy. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Aw, thanks, Ronnie. That was a great e- That was e- a good email. Thank you, dog. Uh, two words. What were the two words? Rogue One, two words for you. I can't say them because I don't want to spoil it. What were the spoilers? Tarkin? Grand Moth Target? What's this? Oh, I, oh. All right, I won't say it. In case you haven't said, said it. But I think it rhymes or it starts with P and an L. I don't know. God damn, I don't know what the two words are. Maybe that's... I, I don't know. I love the movie, though. I did love the movie. Uh, all right. I loved half of... I loved three quarters of the movie. Yeah, it starts a little slow. It's a sleepy start, for it's, sure. It's a sleepy start, yes. Um, yes, yes. And I feel like I wanted more out of Forrest Whitaker's character. He kind of just shows up and then mm. disappears. I heard then, that he's more of a character... In Rebels. In Rebels. Or in Clone Wars. One of those. No, I think it's Rebels. Rebels? I think it's Rebels. Yeah, I've seen animation of him with his feet. He had still right. had feet. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I, love, I love seeing that, though. He's like a young, you know, rebel guy, and all of a sudden he's just like, uh, I got no feet. <laughs> I got no feet. My eyes, shit, nothing's working. Yeah, yeah. It, it, he's lived a hard life. Yeah, yeah. Even though that's a weird cut, though, in the movie, where... You know, he finds... Uh, she's not Ray. What's her name? Sin? No. Sin, whatever. He finds Rashida... Rashida Jones. Not Rashida Jones. Not Rashida Jones. Felicity... Whatever. Felicity. He finds her. <laughs> and he looks... It, it, the little girl. Yes. And he looks, like, down the well at her. And then it cuts... And then she wakes up in a prison. In prison. That's a weird cut. I've heard a couple of podcasts talk about that cut. To me, it felt very natural. It felt like the same setup we've seen time and time again, where we've got the pre-credit sequence, and then our main character wakes up as if they were just dreaming about that sequence. Oh, see, I didn't... So she's dreaming about being a young girl and losing her parents, and then, whoop, I wake it up and I'm in this jail cell. See, I didn't take that as as the dream. I took it as what the, I think it actually is supposed to be. The the this is what happened, and now, and now, we're, now we're now we're jumping ahead. It just seemed like a weird cut for that next scene. You thinking he saved her because he definitely is coming off as like the good guy and on mm-hmm. the side of her father, Jin Urso, Jane Urso, Jin, 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 Jin. That's it, Jin. Um, and then for all of a sudden for her to be in prison. It was fine. I got over it real quick. Mm-hmm. But it, it just, it, it did bump against, I did bump up against it a little bit. I kind of want to see, I wish there was an alternate universe where I could vibrate into a different uh, universe and watch the Star Wars that actually was, the trailer was based on. Oh. Because the first two trailers, 
vastly different than what was released. Yeah, there's, I'm going to go back and see that original version because there's some scenes that you know they did a lot of reshoots. Yeah, on uh, and that line. I'm a rebel. I rebel. And I was like, I got. It. I like. It's a, it's a bad line, but I like it a lot. Uh, I, I, I was good without that. Yeah. I, I, I didn't. It wasn't as bad as. And if we lose, <laughs> this will <laughs> truly be a planet of the apes. <laughs> Fuck you. What? Who let that? No. Anyway, yeah, we enjoyed this movie, uh, but it did get a little sleepy. I literally fell asleep for both showings. Yeah, man, but once it does kick in. Oh, it kicks in hard. Once the war kicks in, man, it is no freaking joke, man. And this movie provides truly the first scene in all of Star Wars, as far as the movies go, Mm -hmm. where you realize, where you really get a sense of why everybody, like, butt clenches when Darth Vader comes. Yep. Because you really don't really see... Darth Vader don't... Like, he don't show hands. Right. You know, he's fighting Obi-Wan Kenobi. And when you look back at that, John, that's kind of like a really a weak-ass fight. Yeah, yeah. But in this, John... Yeah. Woo! So good. So good. The scene where he uh, force pushes the guy to the ceiling, and as he's walking under him, just absentmindedly slices him in half, <sighs> and then drops him. So good. But, dude, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about just... I mean, like, yes, that is awesome. Yeah. But when when my man is just <laughs> waiting for him in the room, and then oh, his yeah. shadow, mm-hmm. his shadow, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I peed. <laughs> I mean, like, yo, man. Right in my popcorn bucket. <laughs> this, I, I really, yeah. I really, I, I like this movie, man. Even though I could have done without seeing Princess Leia. I liked seeing Princess Leia more than I liked seeing Grand Moff Tarkin. See, Grand Moff Tarkin didn't bother me. Oh, I literally didn't hear a word. I realized in my head, I haven't heard a word this guy has said this entire scene because I'm staring at his face. I better tune in. <laughs> I, I had no idea what's going on in the scene. Right. Because right. I was just mouth agape staring at the CGI face. I, I hear you. I hear you on that. Even though somebody, and I think it was your boy, mm-hmm. Jeff Kanata, pointed out that how think of how much more oh, Princess Leia's reveal would have been if they hadn't already used it throughout the movie, right? Yeah, and, and I, I agreed with him about that. Mm-hmm. I, but I would have been fine with just the back of her, or like yeah. a or side view or something like that. Oh, see, I, I felt the same way about Tarkin. We could have had. We first of all, we didn't need all of those lines. He didn't. He didn't. They were really put in in our face. Like, hey, look how great this CG is. He's yeah. just right up in your face. It's like we cast him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you didn't. You drew on somebody with crayons. That's horrible. Um, he's a fucking nightmare monster. Uh, but like, I'm trying to remember if they did it before or when he first appears. He's looking out the window and there's a reflection. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. If they only did that, yeah, I'd have been fine with it. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So, um, but I feel like if you showed Princess Leia and not, and just been like, we're going to shoot her from behind the whole time, that would have felt really weird and oh, also would have taken me because out Because you've film. already seen Tarkin. If you've already seen him, then yes. Yeah. Yes, you're right. You're yeah. Right, you're right. Um, oh, that was another, with uh, Carrie Fisher. Yeah. And then her mom a day later. How know. heartbreaking. Fuck a duck. Ugh, know, man. That hurts me. I think they, they, they had like a dual funeral oh did they yeah that's so beautiful i feel like the same thing would happen to my mom though if i went tomorrow i'm not sure my mom would stick around much longer either you know really yeah um 
I don't. I don't think. I don't think uh, Ron Strike would. Oh, Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Ronnie. <laughs> I mean, we've already had so many Rogue One talks. Everyone knows. Yeah, it's been out there a little bit. Did you like the droid? Yo, he was my favorite part. I liked him. I uh, forget his name. It's KRS One. I forget his name. Three o two two three o nine nine o two one o. Yeah. Droid. Uh, that's you see. I think that says a lot about this movie as well, or at least as the character development in the movie is. I don't remember anyone's names. Yeah, see, but I didn't mind that so much because even though some of them were one note, um, you know, Donnie Yen's character, who everybody has been like raving about, and I thought he was cool, but I didn't think he was like the the be all and end all of that. Um, the droid, I actually, while I may not remember his name, but he. I agree with you. He was the most memorable to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, his death, like really, like, I really like, like wow, like you know, K two S O. That's there, K two S O. And as soon as I saw the name of the voice actor, I went, oh, f- of course, that's who it is. Yeah, is it Alan Tudyk? Alan Tudyk. Anytime that, anytime someone uh, is like a CGI character, and I'm like, oh, really charming, funny guy, I like that guy, fucking Alan Tudyk. All the time. That guy's amazing. Yeah, I love uh, his little personality. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did love um, Donnie Yen and his buddy. Was it Wen Jiang? Yeah. But they were definitely one note. Yeah. I did like that, you know, he was Force-sensitive. Not mm-hmm. really, you know, of the Force, not a Jedi and anything like that. It's the closest to a Jedi that we had in the movie, if you're not counting Vader. I like their bromance. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, you didn't like his bromance? No, no. I mean, it was all right, but it didn't really. Yeah. I felt the love. That's all right. Yeah. Listen, if we were hanging out on a battlefield and then you went down and then I shot a bunch of dudes and there was a grenade and I'd either look at a bunch of douchebags, I'd be like, I would look over and be like, Len. <laughs> and then I would get exploded. I would die. Yes, you would. Oh, uh, uh, Len. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you give a shout out to your... Oh, yes. Universal Fan Con. Universal Fan Con, ladies and gentlemen. Um, For those who don't know, it is going to be the first multi-fandom convention dedicated to inclusion, highlighting women, LBGTQ. LGBTQ. Those two. And the disabled (laughs) and persons of color. This was a Kickstarter campaign that was... um, presided by black girl nerds as well as the black geeks shout out to my girl jamie broadnax and my man big Baba rob and the crew of the black geeks um it, that was a very very successful kickstarter um campaign with eight days to go they have broken through their goal and Universal Fan Con will see the light of day in April of 2018 at the beautiful and I do mean beautiful Baltimore Convention Center um, this is an answer to some some cries out there that have been going uh, going on online um, for certainly for the last few years of uh, some people feeling maybe a little 
ostracized may be too strong of a word, but um, certainly made to feel not completely welcome at some conventions um, based on how they may choose to cosplay or the um, show off their fandom. And this is an opportunity for everyone, everyone to be free to represent and show off and highlight what you are geeky about, be it in comics, gaming, um, uh, cosplay, anime, anime, it doesn't matter. Wherever your geek lies, you will find um, purveyors and fans of it at Universal Fan Con when it jumps off in uh, April of 2018 in Baltimore. I, I Big Baba Rob, Jamie, you know how much the two of you mean to me and all of the black tribbles. I don't know you, but you sound great. <laughs> Yo, man, they are they are they are rock stars. They are one hundred percent rock stars, man. And um I am just so happy for their success and I hope that the black tribbles and gutter talk and yeah. we can be it, panel. Panel Yeah, let's put together a panel. Yo let's put a Put together a panel and then we'll pitch it to you. So, Big Baba Rob, because <laughs> I know you listen to Gutter Talk. Jamie, she's too busy. Jamie, like Jamie, is literally a rock star. She is like flying all over. Right now, as as we're talking right now, she is probably like sitting on Oprah Winfrey's couch playing spades. That's how much <laughs> of a rock star she is. So, Big Baba Rob, tell Jamie when you know when she looks up from her latte to, ex- <laughs> to expect a pitch. From the Black Tribbles and Cult Pop, as we are going to try, uh, come up with a panel that we would like to do at Baltimore, uh, 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 at Baltimore Convention Center for Universal Fan Con. All right? Ooh. I, I'm not saying I'm you have to okay it, but I'm just saying, nigga, you know. You better okay it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's make that so. So, um, shout out to y'all. Congratulations, guys. I uh, love y'all. On Newsarama, we're looking at one publisher returning to newsprint for comic book printing. For those of you uh, who just crawled out of the womb, you may not know that way back in the back back day, uh, there were different printing techniques for coloring and inks and paper. Yep. Um, So the prices have gone up. As different techniques have gotten better, the paper quality has gotten better, glossy paper, uh, digital coloring, so on and so forth, blah, blah, blah. Um, so a lot of people come into the shop, not a lot of people, some people come into the shop and they balk at the prices of the comics, but I'm like, well, you're getting what you're paying for. You're, you're getting better quality than the 25 cent comics you used to get back in maybe the 70s or 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gone back, like even as far, even as recent, God, it's not even recent, but like the Todd McFarlane Amazing Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. You go back and it's just, it's, uh, everything's kind of bled together a little bit. Yep. Uh, it's not quite as crisp as it once was. Um, the yellowing of the paper. Yep. Takes over. Stuff like that. But 
independent publisher Alterna Comics is going to be launching a new line of comics, and they're going to be printed in newsprint, and they're going to retail from between $1 and $2. Nice. Um, so they want to bring back the fact that they really were just periodicals. They weren't something to collect. They're not something to hold on to and be precious with. You know, back in the back in the 60s, kids would put them in their back pockets with their slingshots and stuff. They would That's just right, roll man. it up, put it in your back pocket, yep. take it with you, read it over and over and over you again. trade them back and forth with, with one friends? another. Yeah, yep. man. So I, I wanted to talk about that. The fact that you, all of the comics on the shelf here... Um, all have nice paper. And then there's even some like Civil War II that have, and Dark Knight Three that have cover stock. Mm-hmm. Um, that's straight up cardboard. Um, so do you like this switch? Do you think more uh, of the mainstream comics like Marvel, Image, DC should go back to newsprint? Yes. Why? Are, first of all, look. As I have, you know, famously said on this show many times, and I'll continue saying it, I don't understand why y'all are buying floppies anyway. <laughs> they're five dollars a comic. No, they're not. They're three ninety nine. Two ninety nine and three ninety nine. <laughs> okay, that's not five dollars. Okay, that's not five dollars. You still, but you, you're five, you're giving up five dollars, and you're not getting more than two dollars change. That's too, that's way right, too okay, much. Valid, All right, valid. so. It's they cost way too much. They're going to be collected in a paperback as soon as the last issue uh, publishes. Sometimes the same day that the last issue <laughs> published, true. the trade is next door to it. Yeah. So why are you even buying the floppies? It's because you like to have that that instant gratification. You like reading in the stories in singles. It's the same reason why some people don't like binging TV shows. Mm-hmm. So I, and I appreciate that having the, the books at a dollar 99 or dollar even, it makes more sense It because yes, then you've got your single issues. It's, it's not so precious. You can still bag and board it and keep it relatively safe if you want. Otherwise you can do what all of you were doing anyway and then just buy the trade, which will be on the glorious cover, glorious paper, with the digital inking and coloring coming through and looking that much more spectacular for you. And you won't feel like such a schmo for spending $25 for six issues that you just bought the collected edition of for fifteen ninety nine. So as the owner of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, who sells a great deal of <laughs> issues, don't listen to Len. <laughs> Keep buying issues. We need it. Um, no. But, oh, do you think we would be able to maintain? Do you think if they just went straight up? And we've had this conversation before on, on Spoiler. You would sell more comic books. If the comics were $2, you would sell more. If, if the, think of how much, with all due respect, schlock. DC uh-huh. and Marvel puts out. Yeah. And people come in and they have to be very judicious with mm-hmm. their with their dollars. If those those comics were two dollars a piece, mm-hmm. more people would just buy the entire line. Right. They and they'd give the comics more than two or three issues. They list read the first story arc. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe even two story arcs because it's only like ten dollars a story arc, ten, twelve dollars a story arc. Right, right. You know, right now it's ten, twelve dollars. You're not even halfway through the story. <laughs> Come on, man. They would do that. They'd give more independence a chance. If the independence the independents uh, uh, usually have to either 
um, sell their first issue for way less than it it deserves just to get you to buy it. And then that means that the second or third issues has to get marked up to kind of make make, make up the difference. Hmm. But more of them are putting out their first issues at 3 or $4 a book because they have to compete with what's going on out there, man. Yeah. Bitch Planet, which is a great comic book, but the comics are like three fifty, four fifty a piece. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, that's why you buy the trade. I bought the trade, love the trade. I will buy every bitch planet trade, but if it was two dollars, two dollars a pop, maybe you buy the single issues. I think you would sell more single issues. They would come in here. Hmm. You know, I I wonder. I wonder if and maybe there's only so many people who are going to be into comic books anyway. Well, that's true. You know what I mean? So even if there are more copies of a cheaper comic book, that doesn't mean more butts in the seats. Okay, you know? but think of how. I mean, I, dude, I, I just. I just know there's so many people that uh, maybe it would cut down on digital um, downloading. It would. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're like, "Oh, okay, it's half the price. Maybe I won't steal it." Yeah. Yeah. I think how many little kids would come in with their allowances mm-hmm. and maybe try more comics. Yeah. Buying more comics, getting you want to get the kids into the comics, price them down for the kids, yeah. not you know write them down, price them down because there are kids that can understand it. And look. That Gwenpool. Kids love Gwenpool. Mm-hmm. There's no reason Gwenpool should be $4. Right. No reason. There's no reason it should exist. <laughs> but if it's going to exist, it shouldn't exi- It shouldn't be that cost expensive. you... It shouldn't be that expensive. I feel you. And so I applaud a Turner Comics for this. I am not... Like I said, I'm not a floppies guy. But when they, when they do launch this line in spring of 2017... Mm-hmm. I will try out a lot of their books. And looking at their um, their website, it looks like they got a couple of cool-looking books. They got this book out here that's going to be coming out. Um, what's this? Uh, 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 the Wicked, The Wicked Righteous, uh, The Fear Diaries. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in what they're, what they're putting down, man. It's certainly going to be easier for me to order their issues to try their number one issues and try them out I may not have even looked at the page on previews that their books are on mm-hmm. but knowing this like you may actually get me to buy a couple copies of the first issues to see if I can sell them yeah so it helps out on a retailer level it helps me helps get me to buy your book uh, we'll see if it helps get people to try your book from me you know what I mean so, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, I know I go back to those old issues from the 80s and even early 90s, and I go, ugh, that's, they, they're, they bleed together. They don't really look so hot anymore. Um, they don't maintain. So um, They don't, but... I think there's pros and cons on both sides of this. Um, but I have, but I also have seen, and admittedly, I guess it's, the, it's all in how you keep it. You know, you go to the, the to the conventions and you go into like those golden age racks, which are on like big time. They're drawn on newspaper. Yeah, and some of them still hold up, mm-hmm. look kind of cool. And there's a little bit of nostalgia seeing like the 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 three color yeah, yeah. system that they used back mm-hmm. then. You know, so, the smell of the book. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, the feel of it. It's yeah. it's. I, I, I'm I'm for this. I, I huzzah, huzzah, Eternal Comics, huzzah. The punk rocker in me is like fucking a yeah, good for you. You can just put them in your back pocket. I don't care about collectibles. I don't care about um, 
keeping uh, or or you know buying really expensive alternate covers and all that sort of Me stuff. Me neither. Yeah. And, like people come in. Oh, hey, is, what do you think is going to be worth something in a couple years? Don't don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. I had a kid come in today actually, and he was like, "Do you got anything from the '70s?" Because I, you know, I had the feeling that the person who was telling him to buy comics was like, "You got to buy the old ones and then hold on to them, and maybe they'll be worth money someday." No, man, just buy something that looks cool, read it, and enjoy it. Exactly. That's that's how I enjoy comic books. Um, granted, if I didn't keep all the comic books I read over the decades, I might not have a comic book store. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't have a store full of stuff. But I mean, that was always my end goal. So mm-hmm. I was working towards something. There you go. But uh, yeah, I'm going to check out these books. I'm, I'm curious to see. Uh, how the updated version of that's going to feel. Right. So, Yeah, um, and, and just to so, throw out a couple more of their titles, they got Go West, Mr. Crypt, The Trespasser, Make Mine Indie, Go Home, The Creators, Scrimshaw, Charge. I don't know if I like these names. You know, I, I don't know. They sound kind of cool, cool to me. This uh, Mr. Crypt. Let's see what Mr. Crypt is about. If I can find out real quick. Tap your phone. Your phone's slow. Phone's slow. Well, well, you've got the computer right there. If superpowers. That sounds kind of cool, man. Like if we had it's like some kids. If we had superpowers, I'm with it. Alternate comics. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> you better. You better come buy some then. If you After were, all this, if you if you have them, they will buy. They, they yeah. will buy. Trade paperbacks are coming out. Are you? St- I know you weren't reading any of the single issues, the floppies. No, I was not. Are you? Are you curious about any of the rebirth trades? No, care? I am not. Oh, really? I don't care. Oh, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Not even the Peter J. Tomasi Superman. No. See, I don't like this Spidermanization of Superman. I don't know what that means. Because now, like Spider Man, there's Spider Man, there's there's Spider Gwen, there's Silk. Oh, I see. There's Miles Morales, Spider Man. I'm sorry. Are you talking about the original version of that, which was Superman and Supergirl and Super Crypto Dog and Super Cat and? Okay, first of all, can you hear the impatience in my clicking? First of all, buddy. Yeah. While there may have been all of those. They were only, at most, for a long time, and only one comic, Superman. At best, in two comics, Superman and Action Comics. Now there's Superman. Now, I don't even know if there's... Is there Action Comics still? Yeah, action. So there's Action Comics. There's Mrs. Superman. The there's Superwoman. Or super, Superwoman. There's Supergirl. Supergirl. There's New Hong, Superman. New Superman. That's Hong Kong Superman, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's... Super Sons. The super has that come not, out not yet? Come out. I'm, ex- I'm excited about that one actually. Is Superman Wonder Woman still coming out? No. Is Superman Batman coming out? No. Okay, so what, all, this all this all these Superman. And don't get me wrong, I don't like it on the Batman side either. Because mm-hmm. uh, once upon a time, it was Batman and Detective Comics, and that's all you needed. Batman, so, Detective, All Star Batman, Batgirl, Batgirl, and the, the the Birds of Prey. Robin. Batwoman's coming. Robin. No, Robin doesn't have a series right now. Well, but Super Sons. Nightwing. Uh, hey, is that it? That might be it. And Catwoman doesn't have a book anymore. No, not anymore. Thank God. But, that book hasn't been good in a long time. 
But so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not with, I'm not with this, like you know, so many versions, so many versions of them. Yeah. I, it, it just doesn't appeal to me. I, yeah. it, God bless people that like it. Cause I know you know some people like like love everything that they're putting out. So it doesn't really appeal to me. The, Even as the Spider-Man fan, I read Spider-Man, and then when I care, I read Amazing Spider-Man. I mean, I read the Miles Morales Come Hell or High Water. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing. That's as, the Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, Amazing Spider-Man is the Dan Slott, and I'll dip in and out of that. Um, right now, the Clone Conspiracy has been a bucket of fun. Uh, I stopped reading Spider-Woman. I don't read Spider-Gwen. I don't read Silk. I don't read... I read the first issue of Venom. I don't know if that counts. Um, so, yeah, even I'm, even the Spider-Guy is like a little... Yeah. Like, All right, guys, we got it. There's a lot of spited people. This is why I loved, for a long time... The Savage Dragon, Image, and Invincible. Yeah. Because their worlds were immense, Mm -hmm. and it all happened in one book. Well, you also had Super Patriot. You had Super Patriot, and you had, um, what was it, Freak Force? Freak Force. For a time there. Yeah, you, but, but even then, but even then, the stories didn't cross over. Yeah. You know, That's you didn't true. feel like you had to buy each and everything yeah. going on. And Super Patriots was always a mini series, yeah. And Freak Force was really the only other book. And Invincible, while he's had other other like little mini series, Guardians of the Globe, Guardians Adam of the Globe. Eve. I think Adam Eve had a had a, yeah. a series, and, and Wolf Guy. Oh right, he had a, he the had Astonishing a Wolf. Yeah, man. And and he and Brit had his own series, but Brit kind of got written into into Invincible, Invincible which is kind of cool, right? Yeah. But you never really you didn't lose anything. Right. If you just read Invincible, which I did. I never bought any of the others. That book's so goddamn good. It's so freaking good. I think it's coming. It's coming to an end though, right? I believe so. Yeah, because yeah. I got to catch up on the. Me trains. too. I mean, here's the thing, right? I get super sad. I'm like, I can't believe that Invincible is ending, and then I go, I haven't read it in years. I got to catch up. I, well, no wonder it's fucking ending. Well, I, I'm probably going to about a good now, probably about a good four trades back. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm up there, but like, I'm back at the time travel where he travels back to his young body. Did you read that? Oh. It was called. It was called reboot question mark. Oh, I haven't read this. Oh, You're awesome. ahead of me. That's amazing. Oh, God. That was a great story. I haven't finished it, but it started off great. Um, yeah, it was <laughs> like the other day. Sushan and I are driving past some place, a restaurant, and it's like, oh, they closed down. That's so sad. And then I took a beat, and I was like, it can't be that sad. I haven't been there in over a year. You know? Yeah. You can't look at me, man. You know what I mean? What I was thinking about, uh, do you know that they just greenlit on a movie scene, Gotham Sirens. Gotham City Sirens. Yes. So that's Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, and Bat... No. Catwoman. Catwoman. Ooh. Yeah, but... I don't know if I care, but if I'm going to care about one of those movies, maybe that'll do it. Yeah, man, but do you really... Don't you think this may be pushing it? Like, I understand that they want to do a Harley Quinn movie. Yeah. They want to get her into something else, because she's the breakaway star from Suicide Squad. Yeah. I understand yeah. that. But why not just do the Harley Quinn movie or Harley Quinn Joker, which is really what everybody wants this to see. This is true, yeah. You know? It, He'll be in it. He'll be in it. And, th- and then also now, are they, you know they're not going to do Anne Hathaway. They're not going to reach back. No, uh, no. Uh, to uh, the uh, Nolanverse now. So, so we got to I still re- want Michelle Pfeiffer. She's still my favorite. Well, hey. She still looks good. Look, all things considered... I want a time machine, and let's bring Julie Newmar oh, yeah. back from 66. Mm-hmm. There's this one, I'm sorry, there's this one animated GIF 
of just her walking in the suit, and it just loops. And so I'll, just, I'll scroll through it, and I'll stop for a couple seconds to get a little lost, and I'll go back. All right, <laughs> back to what I was doing. But yeah, she was great. Yes. But so now we've got to reboot Catwoman again, mm-hmm. and we've got to bring in another Poison Ivy. Who Poison Ivy is not a bad villain, no. but she really only got cool when she was on the cartoon series, and really only then she got real cool when they teamed her with Harlequin. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what they're doing. Well, we'll see how it goes. I just I'm, I'm I think I, the thing is DC is dropping all of the balls. They're grasping at straws. Man. Yeah, um, they're grasping at balls. Yes. They just uh I know I know Randy disagrees with everything I'm saying right now, but it's just not a fun universe. It's not something that makes me I'm gonna go see them. I'm contractually obligated emotionally to go see all these movies. But um and I want them to be great and hopefully they'll course correct. Um but even that, I'm sure people are like, There is I don't need to course correct, it's amazing. But it's it's not. I think that if, if they were smart. Suicide Squad was a hit. It, mm-hmm. it was a runaway hit for them. Mm-hmm. It's not a good movie. No. At all, but it's it's uh, it was a runaway hit. I'm surprised that they brought the guy David Ayers who directed that. He's going to be directing Gotham City Sirens. Oh fuck, really? Um, see, but th- I'm, I'm they, surprised. They didn't like his movie so much that they got trailer, somebody else to recut it. Yeah, they got trailer directors to redirect the movie or recut the movie. Yeah, but he's going to do Gotham City Sirens. I don't I don't understand that either. But if they were smart, Suicide Squad was a hit. Do the other do do the 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 sequel. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to do it anyway, so yeah. just do the sequel. Don't try and shove something in between that may flop, and now everybody's like like iffy on the sequel. Yeah. Do the sequel, and then trust what you've got going. Mm-hmm. You've got a Wonder Woman that everybody is rare. Everyone's for. stoked about, right? They're yeah. stoked for. They're feeling her, and that was a hard sell. And everybody, most people, mm-hmm. you know, are, are you know are stoked and ready for that. And you've got a Batman that everybody is ready for. Mm -hmm. And that nobody could have seen coming Mm -hmm. off of The Dark Knight. But you've got a Batman that everybody's like, yo, I am ready for this Batman. Mm -hmm. Trust those two and just get them right. Let them come out. Let them explode. Yeah. Instead of trying to put out... Cramming all these ancillary titles. Yeah. Because look at Marvel. They were smart. Mm -hmm. They got Spider-Man. Pumped it out there. Great, Spider-Man. Threw him in Avengers. Mm -hmm. And he killed in Avengers. And they knew that Spider-Man, despite everything that they had put out there already, because they had laid out their plan, but they know at the end of the day, Marvel is Spider-Man. And if Spider-Man hits... Boom, let's run with that movie. Mm-hmm. And and now the movie's coming out this freaking year. Yeah, it's pretty quick, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So Because they were smart. They knew what to do. That That's our flagship. At the end of the day, we've got to trust our flagship. We know for the movies, technically our flagship is Iron Man. But if we can make it Spider-Man, that's, it's yeah. just a winner-winner chicken dinner. Especially since Iron Man is not going to be around much longer. Exactly. Right? Yeah, he can't. They can only afford to pay him so much before they run out of money. <laughs> uh, I'll be Iron Man again. Give me all of your money. Yes. Just empty your wallet. Yes. See that um, castle? Mine. Um, so, yeah. Uh, anything else? Are we good? Are we done? I think we're good. I think we're good. Thank you so much for joining us. This was, this was a fly-by-the-seat-of-the-pants kind of episode. It was, yet, it, you know. It flows. It went well. It went well. Uh, and e- we'll throw bumpers in it. Just- <laughs> you won't even notice. It'll feel like a show. Email us at coldpopgo at gmail.com. Or blacktribbles at gmail.com. And we will talk at you later. Talk to you later.